Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It was a ton of fun talking NFTs on the Last Gains podcast. Really enjoyed that. If you have any interest in NFTs, non-fungible tokens, go back to the last episode. Had a great interview with the CEO of Crypto Chicks NFT. And a couple weeks before that, we had Adam Hollander from Hungry Wolves NFT. So both are very, very cool projects that I would encourage you to check out. Maybe go back and listen to the Gains podcast as well for each one of those. So let's get back to markets. A lot going on, a lot of volatility. It just continues. We've been using the Dow theory to establish levels in the market to give us a base level, something to work off of. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the Dow Theory and how to play uh, the market at these current levels. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. All right, so let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Chuck is also author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. And then, Chuck, real quick, there's a special website that is of interest to the GAINS listeners. What's that website? Sure, that website is UpsideStocks.com, and you can go there and uh, learn about low-priced or small-cap stocks, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial to our newsletter, Upside, which focuses on small and mid-sized companies. So that's UpsideStocks.com. Be sure to check that out. So, hey, Chuck. Always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm All good, right. Andy. Thank you. So a lot of activity as of late in markets, you know, actually the last couple of months. But the thing that has struck me, you know, the couple of days heading into this podcast, wow, was there a sell-off in the Dow transports. So let's just start there because you and I have talked about this in the past the Dow transports a big time leading indicator can give us a little uh, whiff of things to come, uh, and it also plays into the Dow theory that we're going to talk about here in a a bit. But your thoughts on the transports? I guess first of all, explain to the gains listener why they are a leading indicator, and then also just the activity that we've seen just as of late in the plunge, but they've been there. They've been all over the place. So just kind of pick up there, Chuck. Yeah, they really have. The, the Dow Jones transportation average is an excellent barometer for uh, future economic activity. And the reason for that is the, the stocks that comprise the transports cover, you know, railroads, truckers, airlines, shippers. And, and so these are companies that are very sensitive to economic conditions, not just in the United States, but globally. Uh, and they're also very sensitive to a lot of the the, the factors that, that go into an economy, whether it's fuel prices, it's it's wage prices, it's consumer demand, uh, commercial demand, industrial demand, et cetera. So 
you know, histor- history says that, as you mentioned, they, they tend to be a pretty good leading indicator. They tend to be an excellent barometer for future economic activity. So we, we look at the transports a lot to try to give us some sense of what's going to happen in the future from an economic perspective. And that's probably the most important thing right now in terms of, of the market. Are we going to go into a recession? Is the Fed going to tighten so much that they, they basically force a slowdown and even an economic recession? And typically recessions um, coincide with with pretty nasty markets. So it's interesting, the action, as you mentioned, the, the Dow transports have been all over the map. They kind of had a, had a bottom in February 23rd, uh, right around 14,523. Uh, and then they, they had a tremendous rally. They went from February 23rd and went from 14,523 uh, up to 16,718 March 29th. So, you know, in, in a little over a month's time, it, it had a tremendous run. But as you said, in the last five or six trading days, they've just the bottom has fallen out. I mean, it's gone from 16,718 down to 14,600 here in, in about six trading days. And, uh, you know, that is something that, that, that we are watching and we're particularly of interest is to see whether the Dow Transports can hold that February 23rd low of, of 15,000. Uh, 14,523. That would, you know, if it takes out that low, that wouldn't be a real positive for the market. So uh, it looked like that was going to get taken out today, uh, given the way the market started out today and the transports were just getting creamed. But we did manage to stage a rally and the transports did manage to stay above that level. So we'll see how that pans out over the next few days. But um, yeah, you don't want to see that low taken out because that would not necessarily be good news for the for the future economic conditions. Well, and the transports are the rails, you know, airlines, trucks, and that's the one particular sector that I saw really get hit the other day when the transports were down big, is it was trucking. Trucking really took it to the chin. What does that tell us about conditions going forward? And you mentioned, you know, from a, a Dow Theory standpoint, I mean, we're talking levels that we're watching, but... Uh, uh, what's this tell us about that the the broader economy and what what and, and, and specifically trucking and the weakness in trucking? Yeah, and and, and it, uh, the, the, of all the groups that has the most impact, that is probably the one that is most telling because you know airlines you know tend to be more uh, con- consumer based these days in terms of consumer demand for air travel, and that does seem to be improving. But, you know, keep in mind that the Dow Jones transportation average is a price-weighted index. In other words, the highest per share price stocks in the index tend to carry the greatest weight. And airline stocks uh, aren't really that big a deal in the transportation, Dow Jones transportation, because airline stocks, by and large, are some of the lower price stocks in the index, which means that the stocks that, that really matter tend to be the trucker or tend to be the rails and especially the truckers. And so when you look at you know, what the truckers have done and, you know, how important they are in terms of kind of the last mile, so to speak, of of moving things throughout the country. Um, you know, the fact that they have been really decimated here lately is, is, is especially telling. Now, you know, you and I both know and have seen it historically that as fast as the transports can come down, they can go back up. And, and so I don't I don't want to say that, you know, it's it's game over for them, but I really would like to see them hold that February 23rd low and start to kind of remount the position. You know, there was an expectation, you know, that we would see retests of the, the lows, not just in the Dow Transports, but in the in the Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500, which is kind of really March. And, you know, successfully holding those lows is pretty important in terms of laying the groundwork for, the next bull market. So, you know, we're, we're kind of a fairly interesting and, and potentially crucial period for the indices right now, since they are putting on pretty good retests of those previous lows. Uh, full disclosure, and, and I've mentioned this the last couple podcasts, I actually have a short on the Dow right now in the green a little bit on that trade, kind of looking forward to maybe retest, uh, you know, uh, that level that was put in I believe in like around early March, 
But right, it was uh, March 8th. Yeah. The, the, the closing low that, uh, you know, I gave that low, the February 23rd low in the Dow transports, but the... The, the, uh, the low in the Dow, I think, know. was 32,632, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Yeah. That's the March 8th low. So yeah. that's that's the other level that is you know, worth watching and, and to see if, if the retest can kind of hold above that or if, or if in fact, those lows give out. If, if you have new closing lows in the industrials below that 32,632 and you have a, a new closing low in the transports below that 14,500 um, level uh, that we spoke about, that, that would just basically reconfirm the, the bear market trend that the Dow theory is saying right now. So, um, and would probably lead to more aggressive selling. If you have closes below those two levels for each, for the industrials and the transports, does that wipe out those levels and now you're looking for a new lower levels? How, I mean, how's that That's work? Right. Yeah, yeah, in effect, it, it, yeah. yeah. Then you the, the, you kind of start the game over again. And you, you, what, what oftentimes happens is as those lows are penetrated on a close and then you have more aggressive selling coming into the market to create, you know, lower lows that eventually you have a rally off of those lows. And then hopefully the, the subsequent retest of, of the new lows holds or it doesn't. And you get this kind of sawtooth pattern of lower lows and lower highs. And that's by definition, you know, pretty crappy for, for investors. Right. Totally... That means the trend is, is lower at some point. You want at least one of the indices, whether it's the Dow Industrials or Dow Transports, to hold their low, you know, and that and that gets to kind of the second point worth mentioning is we're you know we're chart jockeying here. If you the the Dow theory works on confirmations, one index confirming the other in terms of direction. So oftentimes you you can have lows um, created if you have one of the indices does go close at a new low, but the other one doesn't. That's called divergence, and oftentimes divergence at the bottom can potentially signal a, a, a trend change. Uh, so, you know, it. But if you get both of them going to new lows, that's that's the type of confirmation that that confirms the bear market trend. So, you know, how this indus, how the the Dow transports and industrials behave here over the next few weeks could could have a major bearing on on what the market's primary trend is for the remainder of this year whether it's going to continue to be downward or, or we're going to get a uh, you know a, a fresh bull market the dow theory has actually been quite accurate here at the end of last year the beginning of this year it's been really interesting watching it now um the highs that had been put in before they're still not established right so uh, well, we're just kind of that, playing that, off the the lows, or, or how's that work? No, well, I think I, I, you know we were just talking about that today, in, in the sense of the 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 recent rally highs are those points now that that are going to be the the next highs that need to get past for the market to change from bearish to bullish. It, it looks pretty convincingly in terms of the Dow Jones transportation average, uh, in a sense that you know you had that strong rally and now you've had this really aggressive retest. So I, you know, I would, to me, that level that the Dow transports hit back on March 29th of 16,718, that, that potentially does represent that, that next significant high point so that for a bull market to occur, the transports would need to hold the low and then rally back up and go through that and, and close above that, that uh, March 29th high, which is 16,718. That looks pretty clear to me. The, the verdict's out a little bit on the Dow Jones transfer, or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, in terms of the recent high, which occurred on also March 29th of uh, 35,294. Um, whether that is uh, a, a an important high, if in fact we continue to see more of a retest of that low. Um, then that the, the more important that intermediate high becomes. Um, so, you know, if you and I are having this conversation, you know, two weeks from now, and the Dow Industrials have kind of meandered lower, but they've held that March 8th low, and then they come back up and go above that uh, 35.294, then I would feel more comfortable definitively saying that that is a significant high point, rally point, and now we have a new bull market. It, it feels a little early yet to say that for the Dow Industrials, but we'll see. Well, and you've mentioned in the past that, you know, things happen a lot of 
a lot quicker now, and, and they're they they're more condensed. And you have mentioned in the past that no surprise here on the Dow transports, they can put a ton on and take a ton off. They can, and and uh, you know the, the the time compression, meaning things happen, uh, you know, big moves happen in a lot shorter period of time. That that's probably given Dow theorists and a lot of market analysts. Um, more problems, uh, you know, because of trying to assess the significance of particular points. Because typically, you know, part of the equation was was duration, where you know it would take a, a move of you know three three weeks to three months at a minimum to really kind of give you a, a, a legitimate feel that a point that's in place is truly significant. Um, that has become more difficult because. You know, three week to three month moves are now occurring in three days, and so that that time element has presented some issues in terms of interpreting interpretation of the Dow theory. Is you know, is the retest is a retest that's all of four days significant enough? It may be the magnitude of it may be significant enough, but was the time element significant enough? And that's those are that's kind of you know, those are judgment calls, and that's kind of where the art meets the science and, and looking at any tool such as the Dow theory. So, but but yes, things have become more compressed uh, over time, and which is good from the standpoint that you know the last few bear markets that we've had, you know, they've bitten pretty hard, but they haven't been very long. And so, uh, you know, maybe that's going to be the case with with the current one as well. And we'll see how things pan out here over the next few weeks. Well, and, and, you know, I, I remind myself, too, when I was looking at the, the chart from 2020 and how quickly it came back, <laughs> it generally doesn't work that way. And um, when you start getting used to something becoming a habit in the stock market, then it will immediately do something completely different. Because when yeah, no, well, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, usually don't, you know, that's the thing, you know, because what we've, uh, you know, we get people saying, well, is it over? Is it over? Is it over? And my, my large point is typically, you know, you don't measure bear markets in weeks. And, and one and, thing I want to throw in there real quick, because you're saying I've heard the same thing. Is it over? Is it over? Is it over? It's time to buy the dips. I want to get on these good deals. And frankly, that's kind of making me a little more bearish. Yeah, I mean, again, it's and I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head. People, you know, they revert back like, well, geez, the last one didn't last more than you know eight weeks. Um, uh, it was a heck of an eight week downturn, but uh, you know, it, it didn't it didn't last that long. And so people are kind of saying, well, are we there? Are we there yet? You know, it's kind of like the kid riding with their parents on a vacation. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Now, I don't think we are, and, and partly again because typically. Uh, these things don't get measured out in weeks. Um, you know, at least it takes some months, and oftentimes it can take 12 months to, to 24 months. So, um, you know, I don't. I, I just think there needs to be more time. And one of the reasons I feel that way is, you know, there's there's a new element, um, at least an element I haven't seen for 30 years that's filtered into this bear market, and that's inflation. I mean, you know, the last several bear markets have occurred and you haven't had that extra that extra oomph from inflation factoring in. You do now, and that's that's new. And I just feel that that's going to be more of an issue for the market going forward. Sure, and it sure was the last time it, we had problems with inflation. Yeah, you know, and that was you know, and that was when I got in this business in the early '80s. So you know, I mean, that, that's that's the thing that does concern me a little bit in terms of. You know, being willing to say this thing's going to be over in a few weeks or a few months, it could. Uh, and if the market, you know, if the Dow theory indicates that to us, we will make that call. But it just feels like this one might have a bit of legs. And part of it is because, in a large part, because of the inflation uh, X factor that we have in the market now. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, my gut is, and it's my gut, and and so take it for that. I, I feel there is some additional downside. I've been playing it accordingly a little bit. Um, we're going to talk uh, plays when we get back, but let's take a quick break. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I always ask for that. And then subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We drop gains episodes on Wednesday 
and Friday mornings. Um, All right, we'll be right back with Chuck Carlson. We'll talk plays and kind of get his take on uh, where he sees things going forward. We'll be right back. If you enjoy learning about communities, culture, and history, then Shades of the City podcast is for you. We will bring you stories like the legacy of Johnson Publishing Company, most notably known for Jet and Ebony magazines. Basically what the world said African-American people could not do, these magazines proved otherwise. Subscribe now to Shades of the City on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter out of Hammond, author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Give us that website. It's really tailored for the Gaines listener. Uh, yes, that, that uh, website is UpsideStocks.com, UpsideStocks.com. And those are uh, a lot of stocks that have have a lot of potential but you might not be familiar with. Could you uh, just throw one at us? I, you did it last time, and I, we really appreciate that. Could you throw one on that list that you think might uh, be something to look at now? Yeah, a stock that's uh, uh, pulled back pretty sharply um, in the semiconductor space that we still like is uh, Alpha and Omega Semiconductor Limited. Symbol is AOSL. That's Alpha and Omega Semiconductor Limited, AOSL. It's it's about a $1.2 billion market cap, so it's firmly in that small cap space. Uh, the stock has pulled back from its 52-week high of about $70 in line with the, the pullbacks. We've seen a lot of semiconductor-related stocks, but, you know, it's it's down at 47 It's uh, It's a stock that we do like. I think it's reasonably priced. And I do think there's long-term potential there. So that's one that we that we are currently recommending in the newsletter. No doubt about it that the world's a little short on uh, semi <laughs> semiconductor chips, without a doubt. So we'll check that out. That ticker again is AOSL? That is correct. AOSL. Okay, um, I know you're not an all-or-nothing shop. So we've talked Dow Theory, and, and um, you know, we're watching those key levels— 
uh, especially on the downside in the transports, in the industrials. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, you're not an all or nothing shop. So you use opportunities like this in the market to um, upgrade your portfolio. If something's been you've been eyeing for a while and it's been beaten down a little more than maybe peers in its group, you might be biting. Um, I guess my my questions here are, are you getting a lot of calls from clients and what's the play right now for you, Chuck? Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, keep in mind, it was, what, three or four days ago when <laughs> people, it was like, well, we have seen the bottom and it's on or an upward. And then the market kind of reminded us that things can go down, too. And the Fed um, reminded the market, by the way, there. I think that was yeah, <laughs> a good point. Yeah, That's a good point. So, you know, there, I think there's a couple of ways to, to, to look. If you're looking for kind of low volatility plays that are in spaces that have actually been showing good relative strength, you know, those areas would be things like utilities, for example, have been actually performing quite well. And in that space, you know, we have uh, we like one gas uh, utility. Uh, we like uh, national fuel gas, which kind of gives you a combo platter of uh, natural gas utility, but also energy, oil and gas exploration. That's NFG is the symbol, and it gives you a pretty good dividend yield of 2.6%. Another area that you're seeing pretty good performance out of it, and, and, and there's kind of steady eddy stocks, are a lot of the, the uh, insurance companies such as Anthem, ANTM, and United Health, UNH. Uh, and then finally, also along in that insurance space, uh, Chubb, CB, are, um, is another stock that has held up quite well. And, and again, these are stocks that typically are not going to be necessarily the ones that are just in a, a rip-roaring bull market and are just going to race off and be at the top of the leaderboard. But they're stocks that will put up pretty good numbers. They have pretty good dividend yields in most cases. And they have the kind of defensive qualities that investors like in these types of markets. So, you know, take a look at the utilities. Again, in, among them, that's National Fuel Gas, NFG, One Gas, OGS. Uh, in the insurance area, uh, that would be Chubb, CB. Anthem, A-N-T-M, and United Health UNH. Now, if you're looking to kind of maybe try to pick up some stocks that have gotten beaten up, you know, some of the big, big mega cap tech that, you know, is, is, has has had a pullback. Oh, and crushed. At, yeah, I mean, a lot of them yeah, really, look, really crushed. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So you look at a stock like Alphabet, which is a longtime favorite of ours. I mean, it's down, you know, close to 10% from its 52-week high. Uh, I don't think you're overpaying if you buy it here. Uh, I think uh, another stock we like is, is Qualcomm. I especially like the stock, but it's in that semiconductor space. And that stock's down, you know, 50, 54 points or so from its 52-week uh, high. So you're looking at somewhere around 20 25% decline for a stock that's yielding almost 2%, has good operating momentum, and just happens to be in a a sector that's getting beat up. So, you know, those are two kind of big cap stocks that, uh, again, will they, can they go lower in the near term? The answer is yes. But, you know, if you're trying to wait and pick the exact bottom, you're probably going to not do that, quite frankly. So, right. you know, those are two stocks and in, in, in kind of on the other side of the, the barbell, so to speak, where if you want to kind of, you know, go for some stocks that are pulled back. Those are two that we like quite a bit. That's Alphabet, the symbol is G-O-O-G-L, and Qualcomm, the symbol is Q-C-O-M. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're you're nibbling, nibbling to get a, a deal, and then you're also shoring yourself up with uh, some, some defensive plays. You mentioned the barbell, and, and that's kind of what you were talking to. Explain for the gains listener what you mean by that 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 barbell concept. Yeah, I think a lot. Uh, think of a barbell and think there's you know there's two ends of the barbell that have weights on them, and I think it's it's oftentimes useful to think about your own portfolios that way, where you have kind of you juxtaposition at each end of the barbell different types of stocks. Some people do it with kind of growth stocks on one end of the barbell and value stocks on the other. Some people may do it with you know high beta, high volatility stocks on one end of the barbell and low beta, low volatility stocks on the other. Um, some may do it with really high flying stocks on one end and kind of high dividend payers on the other end. But you're basically kind of building a, a portfolio with these different 
distinct approaches on either end of the barbell. And why do you do that? Well, because it's very difficult to kind of pick, you know, which which segment of the market is going to win out over time. And especially in markets like this, where it seems like it flips in, back and forth on a daily basis, one day you got growth stocks doing better, the next day you got value and cyclical stocks doing better, and the next day you might have defensive stocks doing better, is, is just structure a portfolio that, that you've got exposure to both of those areas. So um, it's, it's just a different kind of form of diversification for a portfolio, that's all. Energy, I wanted to uh, talk to you about energy because we've seen it run up, it's pulled back again, but a lot of the factors that led to that initial run-up are still clearly on the table, and you and I both know, I mean, there's there's been some missteps, and energy's not turnkey either. What, what's your feelings about energy right now, Charlie? Yeah, we still like the group. Um, you know, we're, we're buying the dip in that group. So if, you know, some of the ones we like are uh, Devon Energy, DVN, uh, we like EOG, which uh, the symbol is coincidentally EOG. Um, if you want a spicy meatball that's in the small cap space, uh, Matador Resources, MTD as in David R. Um, you know, so those are, and, and, then, and again, I did mention Nash, National Fuel Gas, which kind of gives you a, uh, a lower beta, lower volatility way to play that space because it also has utility operations. So that's kind of a nice nice little combo platter that maybe takes some of the edge off, risk off investing in, in the oil sector. But I, I think those stocks, you know, people kind of forget, yeah, they have been really good stocks over the last 12 to 18 months. But prior to that, for pretty much the, the previous five years, those stocks just got their head handed to them. And so there, I, I think there's more room for those stocks on the upside to roam here. So, you know, as they kind of make up for, you know, half a decade or more of really significant underperformance. So one, one know, that comes to are, mind in uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go, um, uh, I was done. Go okay. ahead. I was going to say one that comes to mind and you, 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 it's a stock that you watch as well. Talk about laying low key for like a decade and then really perking up Microsoft. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's been a good stock and, and that's actually one of our favorites. And, um, you know, you can get that stock. I mean, it's 50 points, almost 50 points off. It's 52 week high. So, um, that, uh, you know, a double digit decline from its 52 week high. I mean, maybe it's, it can go down another five, 10, 15%, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, it's wall street's the only market in the world where people want to pay more as the price goes up. Um, and, you know, there are people that were probably willing. Well, certainly there were people who bought that stock at 350, and now the stock's trading at 301. And those same people probably are reluctant to buy it. I the fact is, it's it's a lot cheaper right now than it was before. And how about all of us who held that 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 stock for years, where it laid flat and it just kind of sat yeah. in your portfolio? So. Yeah, and that's a, that's the other thing that people kind of need to. And and this is just generally speaking. I mean. A lot of times stocks move in fits and starts, and, you know, you may, if it's a company that you believe in, that's stock you believe in, it's not unusual sometimes you get to sit with that stock for a little bit, and it may do nothing for 12 to 18 to 24, 36 months, and then in the, in the next 12-month period, it might go up 70%, and, and so you capture, you know, when you annualize that return out over a multi-year period, it's pretty good, but you had to be in there to, to capture that, and, you know, so... Don't get necessarily frustrated. It is frustrating to hold a stock that doesn't do a blooming thing in, you know, in two, three years. But but if if your work and your research tells you that it's it's a pretty good stock um, and you think there is an opportunity and it, it seems like it's 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 not providing a ton of downside risk. And if it, uh, you know, it's, it helps the cherry on top if they're paying you a pretty nice dividend to wait for the stock to rebound, then, you know, hang in there with it because, when it will move, you know, like the oil stocks are the perfect example of that. I mean, see, some of these stocks didn't do a bloom thing. And now in the last 18 months, you've got like, you know, big cap stocks like Exxon and Chevron that are up, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent in that short period of time. And throwing off, you know, juicy dividends on top yeah, of exactly. it. Yeah, um, exactly. So we, we were talking, you know, back to the Dow theory real quick, because I wanted to kind of finish up the podcast today talking about, you know, we are watching 
those those lows. And um, I I know I know I've indicated that I feel just my gut. I feel like the market's lower and and looking at the transports and looking at weakness. Um, So that Dow Industrial low was thirty two thousand six hundred thirty two. The Dow Transports low was, and these are all closes, was that mid-February 14,523 on the transports. Okay, so we have those two le- or those two levels. You know, Dow Industrials, 32,632. Dow Transport, 14,523. Say between now and the next, next time we talk, those levels are broken to the downside. What are you doing if those levels get taken out? We'll probably raise a bit more cash. We'll probably go through and, and, and um, you know, sell some of the weaker sisters that we have or some trim overweights or whatever, try to reduce the cash. You know, how how much? I mean, we're probably around 80 83% stocks right now. Then we might take that down to 75 um, you know, 72%, so maybe another 5 to 10 percentage points. Um, and, and, you know, raise a little bit more cash. We're not going to get too, uh, you know, overly bearish, but yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see trimming some stocks and not necessarily putting, deploying the cash immediately and just uh, kind of seeing where the dust settles. So that's, that's kind of what our play would probably be. Do you, do you, when you start having these legs down at some point, do you just hold your nose and start dollar cost averaging into certain you things? You can. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and yes, the, the short answer would be yes, you do kind of have to hold your nose and, and yes. And you try to do it in, in two ways. One, some stocks that you've really liked that you're still holding that have gotten beaten up, they've probably fallen below kind of the target level that you would like to own them. So you may want to buy them back to your target level. Uh, and then there may be some others, uh, and there probably are other opportunities out there of stocks where, you know, it's just like, okay, I, maybe this thing's going to go lower, but geez, I can't, I cannot not nibble on these stocks at these prices. And, and that's kind of when you start to kind of, you know, creep back in. Do you dollar cost in the, into those positions or is it just uh, you're picking spots? I know you can't, we always talk about you can't. You can't call the bottom on stuff, and and no, that's we'll, fair. We'll, but but if you can get close, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do a, a modified in a sense where, if, you know, we want to, you know, let's say we want to get a three percent position in it, we may go get, you know, go get a one percent position, and kind of see how things go, and then and then yeah, maybe kind of. Uh, you know, if things are don't deteriorate further, maybe go out and get another, you know, the other one percent or the other two percent. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's not always some organized. Okay, start feeding the money in here, feeding the money in here, but it is it is kind of that approach and and kind of a try to be opportunistic and, and try to take advantage of pullbacks, but at least get a get a toe and get a, get a foot in the door, so to speak. When that you know those lows get put in and they're is a turnaround. What's that look like? How do you play it? Well, you can do it a couple of different ways. You know, if let's say, for example, the, the, the Dow transports and the Dow industrials come down and they, they retest and retest, but they seemingly hold you, you, you can either a wait for a confirmation of the bull market by both of those averages and going up and, and, and going past those previous rally highs and then, and then waiting for, okay, that is a confirmation under the Dow theory that the trend has changed to bullish. You could wait to do that. Alternatively, what some people may want to do is say, okay, the lows look like they're going to hold. Um, let's start putting some money in. If in fact we get a reversal in those, the market, the market rally peters out and then those lows get taken out, then we'll sell what we bought. In other words, we'll close out those positions and kind of see, you know, what happens. So, you know, so you're, you're buying kind of in anticipation that the lows held and the, and then, and you're going to get new highs and you're going to get a bull market signal. Um, but if that doesn't happen and those lows get taken out, then you, then you reverse those positions. Again, that is more of maybe how a trader might handle and use the Dow theory, but that's, yeah, we typically don't do a lot of that, but it is something that I think some people could, well, you, Andy might be somebody that would be more inclined to, use a Dow theory in that regard is, okay, the, the lows look like they've held, you know, the market pounded off those lows a few times, it held, and now it's starting to rally a little bit. 
I'm going to take a position, start putting some money in. And uh, if, in fact, I'm wrong and it reverses itself and those lows get taken out, then I'll just close out those positions that I just put on. Well, and, you know, I'm playing a very dangerous game right now. I'm outright shorting the market at uh, triple volatility, so a, a triple bagger on the short side, you know, as I'm trying to build up my uh, my powder. And I got to tell you, full disclosure, I'm in, in the green a little bit on the trade, but there was times when it looked a little shady, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I really had to kind of hang in there. But I, I have used the Dow Theory as my guide and um, – you know, like I've said in the past, I use that as a very, very, very short-term vehicle. But as you mentioned, the building dry powder then so I can move in. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you, you can never go wrong with that. The I, I guess the lo- one other concern that I've talked to a lot of analysts, a lot of markets people about is, is there a shift long-term from growth to value? Now, I've talked to people who think that uh, that or growth has been beaten down so much that that's kind of where they're eyeing. And I've talked to other people who, you know, remember back when uh, value dominated for years and years and years. And you can kind of speak to that. Uh, How do you see this thing slicing? Yeah. uh, Well, again, it, I mean, when when you look over the last decade, I mean, growth is, just destroyed value, you know, probably beaten it, what, seven, eight, ten, out of, out of the last 10 years. So you would expect some reversion to occur where value comes back. And and actually value probably has done better here in probably the last six to eight months, um, certainly better this year. And, you know, the case that for the, the value investors make is that, listen, you know, you get into a high inflationary environment that's sustained with high interest rates, you know, that that is that that contracts earnings multiples, which means you know earnings multiples collapse, and that has the biggest impact on growth stocks. And that's partly what we've seen in the market is, you know, the the, the crazy growth stocks that don't have any profits or anything, and people are forecasting out, you know, growth for the next, you know, buying today based on growth expectations for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Those are those are the stocks that have gotten creamed the most. So there is that element. Um, that does favor value on the other hand, and that's where things get a little sticky. If in fact we go into an economic slowdown and even a recession, those sorts of environments may put growth at a premium, which means investors are willing to pay up for growth. Um, so you, you might see growth actually do better. The, the problem, the problem that this market could potentially face is high inflation with a crappy economy, i.e., what's called stag inflation, stagflation, and that ain't good for anybody. You know, whether you explain or, that or because uh, that gets thrown around a little bit. Explain a uh, stagflation is a real bad scenario, and you were kind of alluding to it. Just explain that real quick and why that is yeah, so it's, bad. It's 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 pretty simple. You've got you know a very inflationary environment against a backdrop of. A, a weakening economy or even a recession. And in that environment, it's it's really tough to pick a winner because you have a high inflationary environment, which can, which which kills growth stocks and typically might help industrial value cyclical stocks. On the other hand, you've got um, a weak economy, which kind of destroys industrial value cyclical type stocks that don't do well in that environment. So you don't really have an environment where anything really does well. And so, uh, and thus you get kind of crappy markets and, and it's interesting the way the market's been behaving here. It's been behaving almost, you know, like you have value days and you have growth days and it's kind of been back and forth and back and forth as if the market is trying to figure out which one of those things is going to be leading the way. But I can tell you if we get into a period of, sustained and high inflation and, and, and an economic slowdown or an economic, economic recession, if in fact the Fed is effective at creating a recession but is not effective at reducing inflation, um, yeah, that's Katie bar the door at that point because you're going to see, you're going to see massive, um, you know, earnings multiple contraction. You're going to see, um, you know, value industrial cyclical stocks, especially those with debt heavy Balance sheets are going to be struggling. Um, everybody kind of struggles in that environment, and that that is the worst of all possible worlds here. So, you know, we don't want to see it, but 
you know, that's the more some folks in the market are, are, are kind of making that bet, saying it's unavoidable. I mean, the Fed, the Fed's going to try to slow the economy down by raising rates and 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 slowing inflation. And can it fine tune it enough, where you get a soft what they call that soft landing? And uh, we'll see. The market's going to tell that story before it happens um, by you know seeing lower lows in the major indices. Yeah, with the, with the Fed. Uh, and they told us it was transitory. In fact, I, all of these great economists, none of them, which I had, had talked to over the time, said that this this is just a, a temporary thing. It's kind of funny. All the economists that I've been speaking with over the last six months to a year when we've been a lot of these things have been happening and the money printing and, and, and all the things going on there. They've said that in this inflation scenario that we see now you know, six months ago, I had economists saying this is going to happen. They're 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 not getting uh, in front of this. Do you think the Fed's misstep could make this significantly worse? Are they really way behind the curve here? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I think that is a, that is a possibility. You know, what might fail them out to some extent is the supply side of all of this, and and if in fact. You know, supply chains get repaired, and if in fact you can start getting product out there to people, um, you know that that is the one thing that potentially could bail it out. But you know, it seems like every time you start saying supply chains get fixed, you've got uh, you know a fresh COVID outbreak in China, you've got a war in the Ukraine, and 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 how that's impacting supply chains. So it seems like every time when you start to see maybe some light at the end of the supply chain tunnel. Um, stuff happens. And so, you know, that's, that's unfortunately, uh, I think something that the Fed has been hoping that would help them in this battle against inflation. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's one of the biggest things that held down inflation was this whole idea of globalization, where you had these interlocking economies all throughout the world and, and where you had competition and, you had products and uh, that you know were were very price priced very attractively and 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 that uh, you know the the globalization has kind of been on the back burner right now in in terms of geopolitical political developments and you know so if if and you then the pandemic have, you know showed yeah, firsthand uh, you know if the supply chain and countries shutting down you know it's it's a mess yeah and. You know, so you've got this kind of perfect storm, and 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 the Fed is, you know, probably is behind the curve, and 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 which is why you hear talks of you know six seven increases and fifty basis point increases, and um, you know trying to 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 get ahead, and and if in order to do that, are they going to tank the economy in the process? Um, and we'll find out, and that's one of the reasons why you should continue to watch the. Dow Jones transportation average because it it'll give you some cue you know clues as to if that's going to happen or not. Well, it's nice to have the Dow theory and watching these levels, so you at least have a baseline and just something to work um, off of. Uh, as we wrap up today's gains podcast, parting shots. Uh, anything you want to kind of hit on before we uh, before I let you go today, Chuck? No, you didn't. It was pretty comprehensive, Andy. And and uh, you know, I usually, I mean, I'm. You know, you and I are probably the only people in the world that follow the Dow transport. But, you know, it, it's it's something that more people should do. I mean, it's 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 not perfect, um, but again, you kind of hit on, you know, as an investor, the best you can do is try to take all these things in and use all these tools and to gain a perspective on things. And having a perspective is valuable. It doesn't necessarily mean it's it's going to be accurate, but it it can it can help you not feel like that leaf blowing in the wind where, and it's very easy to feel that way in, in, in environments like this, where it's just like in one thing after another, after another, after another. And if you have some framework to kind of evaluate these things and the Dow theory provides such a framework, then, um, th- then you find it very useful. And, and uh, I think it's not perfect, but it's a pretty good tool to kind of use, you know, to view the market through the prism of the Dow theory. All right. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter out of Hammond, uh, author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers.
And that's going to wrap up today's Gaines podcast. As always, thanks for listening. And um, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's an option for you. Totally be doing us a solid. And then as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. I will see you on Wednesday. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 